All right, guys, Michael Hicks here with Mike Does and the Build Unique Podcast. I'm here today with my good friend, Derek Healy, owner of Grow Green. We're going to talk about building unique businesses and unique lifestyles for ourselves and our families. Before we do that, let's go to commercial break and hear from our sponsor. All right, I'd like to thank our sponsor of this week's video, Wander Chat Vacation Rentals here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. For all your unique vacation rental needs, we have water properties, we have mountain properties, we have shipping containers, A-frames, lake houses. We got you covered on your unique spaces. So come on down and see us. Visit us at wanderchat.com or on TikTok and Instagram at wanderchat. Derek, man, good to have you on the podcast. Thank good you. see you. Looking good. Thank you. It's good to be here. Tell good us a here. little bit about Derek and, and how you got here and... and a little bit about your background. I know you haven't always been in business for yourself. You've always uh, been doing something and just. Sure. Yeah. So I was a teacher. I uh, went to college to become a teacher and uh, probably about three, three or four years into teaching. I just realized that I didn't want to try to climb that ladder and get into administration to, to teachers don't make very much money. Administrators make more money, but still not, probably not what they deserve. Uh, so I just started looking at side hustles and, uh, I've wanted, I didn't want to, I didn't want another job. I wanted to build a business. So my side hustle was, I was going to start buying rental properties and I had very modest goals. Cause at the time I just knew I wanted to buy rental properties. I didn't know. I wasn't very sophisticated about how the whole process works and everything. So I just went, saved up money, went to Alaska, was a commercial salmon fisherman, used a chunk of that plus some savings to buy a single family house that had a mother-in-law suite. So it wasn't a duplex, uh, which is what I want. I wanted a, a single family because it would appreciate better. I knew a little bit of this. Um, and I started renting it the upstairs and then I turned the upstairs into an Airbnb and uh, did real well with that. And then used the equity from that house to buy two more rental properties. And then I used equity from those to, and it just snowballed and, probably three years, four years after I bought my first rental property or my first, and I also lived in the bottom of the first house I bought and then rented out the upstairs on Airbnb. I started making more money outside of teaching than I was inside of teaching. So it was kind of just a matter of time before I kind of got out of the teaching world and started my working for myself. And so you, you going, going back, you, you said early on, you know, you, you realized you didn't want to climb the the teaching structure, the teaching ladder, and, and end up as an administrator. It sounds like you knew you wanted more even early on. What, how, how far back does that go? I mean, it, you've always been driven as long as I've known you, but, you know, you were still teaching when I know you, you, you know, first met you. So going back, I mean, through your, your youth, your teenage years, was there that drive to, to, did you know that you wanted to do something like this then? Somewhat. I knew people... I knew I didn't want to be broke. <laughs> my parents worked super hard. My dad worked two full-time jobs whenever I was a kid. He would get off work at 5 p.m. He'd go grab a bite to eat or come see us, and then he'd go to work at 7 p.m. and then work all night. And then on Sunday night, he'd go into work. He'd get off work 7 a.m. Monday morning, grab a biscuit, and go to work at 8 a.m. and work an 8 to 5 through the week. And so they they worked super hard. I saw how hard they worked, and I just uh, didn't want to have to work quite that hard. Uh, or I wanted more to show, more to show for it. It's kind of always been me, you know, seeing how hard my parents worked and uh, knowing that I needed more than, you know, I wanted more than, than that. And I wanted to be, I guess the same thing, more for less, you know, I yeah. want to be able to put in the work 
Sure. And, and and reap the benefits of it and enjoy enjoy myself a little more than what maybe what they did. Right. Uh, I didn't realize that you know being self employed and building a business uh, required a lot more work than going to work nine to five. But uh, it requires it. it requires all the work. Yeah. You have to yeah. do everything, everything starting out. Uh, but yeah, so that that that. Uh, and once I got into teaching, I didn't want to be an administrator. I wanted to work with kids. Administrators don't work with kids. They manage adults. I wanted, if I was going to be in the teaching field, I wanted to teach. Uh, and then just eventually, I just decided to, there's just a lot. I was coaching a couple of sports. Uh, I was teaching full-time, coaching those, and then doing running my business somewhere in between that, nights, weekends. And it was just, it was just hard. And... The only thing that I was doing that if I stopped doing it would get replaced and somebody would keep doing was teaching. So I gave up my full-time teaching position. I still remained the wrestling coach at the school where I was coaching wrestling. Uh, and I did that for two years until basically the pandemic just kind of ruined a wrestling season. I wasn't able to stay because I was still substituting. I'd substitute one or two days a week. So I'd stay in the school, build rapport with the kids, build relationships. Kids knew who I was and I'd still be able to pull numbers for the wrestling team. Uh, but then once they shut the schools down, it just, it just lost traction. And I stopped doing that, got the opportunity to, I didn't love flipping houses or wholesaling houses. I just didn't, didn't love all my eggs being in the real estate basket. So I started looking for a business and for 10 years, I was a teacher and I got paid once a month, not very much, but I got paid once a month and I was sure about it. And then, you know, whenever you're flipping houses, you know, this, sometimes you've got so much money. And then it just goes down, 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 down. And you you know that you don't have that too much further it can go down. <laughs> and you don't know when it's coming back up because yeah. then you get a house under contract to sell and it takes 60 days from then. This falls, falls through. through. And it's just very stressful. And I just didn't like that. So I got into, I had the opportunity to buy Grow Green. So I sold some rental properties and, and bought that. And it uh, was hard. It was all hard. Yeah. But it was, but it was, so it was you, worth how it. You, how did you end up there? I know it was uh, uh, a family connection, but the how did you end up structuring that deal and making that transition? Well, I went to, so I knew my father-in-law owned a lawn care business. I didn't know much. He does, he's, uh, he's the, he's the kind of guy, he just goes to work every day, puts in a darn good shift. He goes home and he doesn't talk about how well he's doing or anything like that. I had no idea a whole lot about his business. Didn't know very much about it at all. But uh, I knew I wanted something structured kind of like that. I was thinking more maybe pest control, something where I could go and make a respectable living and still be able to buy rental, rental, rental properties. Because I still loved, and I still do love, long-term hold rental properties. Sure. That's all I want to do in real estate is long-term hold. I don't want anything short-term. I just want that, that. So I, and I, whenever I stopped teaching, I got away from that because I started having to make a living through real estate and I didn't like that. So to long answer to your question, I just went to ask him for advice and cause he was probably 59 at the time. I didn't, I didn't think he was anywhere near retiring. He, I knew he had, you know, did good business and he's the kind of guy that he doesn't do things halfway. He does everything the right way. He dots his eyes, he crosses his T's. Uh, he just is that kind of guy. So I just was going for advice and he uh, dropped some very subtle hints, a couple of, you know, here and there. I asked him if he was interested in selling his business. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Because I've already been talking to, I've already, you know, I've already talked to a couple of sellers and uh, he just, he said, if you'll pay what they pay. We can, we can figure this out. 
So I think that's important. You know, you knew you were looking for something, mm -hmm. and you were thinking about it. Yeah, you were you were probably envisioning it and seeing you know envisioning the lifestyle that you would have and and what it would take to get that lifestyle. And then, you know, that's a lot of times how these things come about because you're having conversations about what you're looking for. And and I know that's been the case with, with us. And, you know, we'll say, well, we're looking for this or we're wanting to do this. And you tell enough people you're wanting to do this, somebody will hear that and mm -hmm. say, well, so-and-so's wanting to sell or so-and-so's wanting to, you know, retire soon. And, or, well, hey, I have some rental properties that I'm, I'm ready to sell. So it's all, you know, having that the right mindset and thinking about what your future is going to look like in five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, and, and planning for that now and seeing that now. And, you, you know, the opportunities come, mm -hmm. and they always have. Yep. Is, that, is that pretty much the way you, you experienced it? Yeah, if you're if you don't yeah if you don't get too tunnel visioned yeah. and you're you're always you're always moving forward. That's sure. the thing. Is just move forward, move forward. Next actionable step. Uh, I want to be here. So first, I got to do this. Before that, I got to do this. And then you just walk it back to what can I do right now while I'm sitting here. Uh, so that's. I just finished the book, The Power of One More. Have you read that one? No, I have not. Man, you know, it's just what's one more thing that I can do today to grow my business? What's one more yeah. thing that I can do today that will affect my health positively? Sure. You know, so just always thinking about one more thing. You right. Know, and one more try, one more attempt to, yeah. to succeed. You know, I just I love the thought by process behind that. Yeah, yeah. You can always, you can always do more. You can always uh, do more. That's that's the biggest thing. You know that I'm trying to push on my kids is you know, you to leave it better than you found it, and to do it better than yeah. the next person would have, and and you know you'll develop that reputation for doing things the right way. Exactly. And uh, and be successful. In life. Yeah, there's not for every business that's out there that's for sale. There's probably, I, I have no idea what these numbers are, but I bet most of them probably you wouldn't want to buy just because the person ran it in such a way that it's, there's probably not a, a lot of times it's not very clean. They don't, they don't know, they don't even know exactly how much money they make. They have an idea. They know what they turn into their taxes, but it's, they just don't dot their I's, cross their T's. And most well, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, they're great at coming up with an idea. Right. I'm, a, I'm a creator and a visionary. Sure. So my strong suit is not sitting at the desk and putting those numbers in the computer. Right. And, you know, so it's taken a lot of work for me to find the people that That's it. That. That's it. And it took, you know, it took seven years of trying to do it the wrong way. Right. You know, to finally get to where, okay, well, now I have this system in place to make sure that's done correctly and on time and where it needs to be. Sure. Yeah. A thing that I learned that I got to where, I, and I, I, I got, I started out as a very poor time manager. But as I, you know, as my goals changed and I was trying to coach multiple sports, teach, uh, be it I was engaged uh, and then married while I was doing all this and then trying to do that and then run a business on the side, a respectable business that does things the right way, you got to start having to ask myself, what can only I do? If anybody else can do it anywhere near as well as me, I need to figure out who can, I need to figure out who I can pay to do that and how much it costs. And sometimes I couldn't afford it and I had to do it anyway. Yeah. Or I'd have to fight get people to help me or, you know, call, call in favors or uh, trade stuff. But there was something I just couldn't do well enough myself. Can't, you just can't, as you grow, you can't do it all. And so just trying to be. Well, especially as the technology changes. Sure. You know, 
the the technology is growing and and uh, becoming more and more capable faster than we can. Right. And you know now you don't. Have, it's not just you know used to you were you were the owner, you were the manager, you were the accountant, the bookkeeper. Yeah. You were all these pieces. Yeah. Well, now you're the social media, uh, you know, the right. creator. Yeah. The marketer, the you know, mm-hmm. and it's all these things that they just keep growing. Yep. And it's hard. It's hard to keep a handle on sometimes. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, learning how to put these pieces into place and put the right key people in into those spots is uh, is tough sometimes. It's tough, and you you gotta you know, and you gotta be real careful who you put in there because once you put somebody in there, you're more likely to keep them longer than you should because nobody likes firing people. Uh, so I try to outsource as much as I can. We outsource. I outsource my CPA. I outsource my bookkeeping, and they do a great job. And I don't. Have, you know, they don't share a desk ten feet away from me. If I ever want to stop using them, I don't, you know, it's not something where I have to bring them in and, yeah. you know, drop the ax, uh, which. That is tough. Even, even with, even with subcontractors, you know, you still, you know, we had a, a, a sub of the day that was uh, complaining about the work they were doing online uh, in public and posted video of them doing the work at one of our properties. And they were, they were not complaining so much about the work and where they were doing it. They were complaining more about where they were in their life. And, you know, I go back to, you know, we're, we're all making choices. We all have making choices that, that have put us in these positions. You know, we're 90, 10% affected by outside mm-hmm. attributions. Right. 90% is how we, how we react and the choices that we make regarding those, those uh, situations. So to complain about being in a situation, the only person that can change is you. Right. So, yep. you know, golly, this blows my mind that that, that, that still exists. But. Yeah, especially, there's a quote I heard. I don't even know where I heard it, but it's, and I don't even know who said it. I need to Google it. It's, your choices decide your challenges. Love that. Oh, your it's fantastic. It'll, 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 and it just applies to anything, right? Like if you want to be, you know, I went to college to become a teacher. That was challenging. It was tough. I had assignments to do and there's, you know, you're in your late teens, early twenties, you're not your most organized. So it's challenges, but then also not going to college, making that choice would have decided other challenges for me. I wouldn't have been able to be a teacher. It'd been a whole lot harder to be a wrestling coach, which is what I wanted. Uh, so, and I just always, uh, you know, what choice did I make that's making this tough right now? Cause I, lately I've, I need to get a virtual assistant, somebody that, that, that can do a lot of the legwork whenever I'm trying to figure something out as far as making phone calls, getting quotes on this. Anybody can do that. But I just keep doing the tasks instead of spending twice that twice as long as it would take to do that task once. Somebody, yeah. would, would have somebody doing that for me and I wouldn't have to do it anymore. But I just, so every time I just kick myself. But it's also important, and I think entrepreneurs do this better than the average person, is you just 100% accept responsibility. Yeah. If, if they, if a guy, I had a guy back into uh, yesterday, he was out on his route. He's a good guy. He's a good tech. He does a darn good job on lawns. Wouldn't pay attention. Bumped into a brick wall of this truck. And then I, I always look and I don't, I didn't say, well, I'll call him Steve. I don't go, it, Steve, why'd you do that? I think first I thought he backed into it. I said, does his truck have a backup camera? If it doesn't, gosh, I need to, every truck needs to have a backup camera. And, oh, did I tell him how important it is to tr- set your truck up in such a way you don't have to back up? And, and and it's stuff that I've learned from 
people much, much more, more wiser than me blaming other people for things that happen that I, I have to fix the truck. I'm not gonna fire the guy. He does a good job. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. Sure. So, but then I just had those thoughts. What can I, what can I do to make sure that never happens again? Yeah, you know, and, and people get bent on policy and procedure manuals, but, you know, they're created because of things like this, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of past experiences to, to where they can prevent, you know, that same that same experience from right. happening again. Yep. You know, we learned that when we were, uh, well, I used to work for Ecolab um, doing pest elimination, and, and we would have, you know, we, we never could back into or pull into a parking spot. We always had to back into the spot, uh, and even in the patrol cars when I was working in the police department had to back into the spots because we always need to be able to pull out and, and be clear to do so. In a hurry. Uh, in a hurry. So, yeah. And, and, you know, when we're leaving an account or, or when we, when I was leaving an account, we were always in a bigger hurry than when we got there, you know, so, right. uh, yeah. Backing out is definitely a lot tougher than, especially if you've got camper tops and, and toolbox, tool sheds on the back of your yeah, trucks. 20, 25 foot, uh, 20 foot trucks, 25 yeah. foot trucks, guys are out working in the heat. Um, cause you know, you know this, but what we do at Grow Green is we do, we control, we control and fertilization of, of lawn care. We don't cut grass or anything like that. So we don't have those big, huge trucks. A lot of them are just flatbeds or pickups. But still the guys are out there and they're spraying lawns and they're working out in the heat and they're jumping in and they got a whole bunch of, there's got a million things going through their head. Oh, yeah. Last thing they need to be doing is trying to back up. And I talk, I always have with him. I didn't beat the guy up at all. Uh, he, 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 he manned up about it. He went, told the, told the homeowner, got their information. We'll, we'll take care of it. We'll fix the, the little wall. But he just, he handled it the right way. And the thing we just always say is that was, this time it was a, you know, a little brick wall, a knee wall. It could have been anything. Yeah. If you can hit a wall that's been there for could've 20 years, you could have yeah. hit a kid. Yeah. could have hit somebody's dog. could have been anything. So learn this lesson this time, this way. Well, and that's, that's what I think that's, uh, that shows toward to your uh, leadership abilities too, to make it a teachable moment rather than a disciplinary moment. You know, I think you can always make, you know, I mean, if it becomes habit, it's one thing. Right. But if it's, you know, man, I know it's hot. I know you're tired. Look, I appreciate you owning up to it. Uh, what can we do different in the future to make sure this doesn't happen? I think that's huge, you know, for... Sure. You and your employee. Yeah. Well, you know, man, I'm a reluctant leader. I don't want to be, I don't like being in charge of anybody but me. I don't like anybody to be in charge of me other than me. Uh, I could do it, but, but in order to do the things that I want to do, I've got to manage these guys and, and, you know, our whole organization, I'm the general manager, I manage everything. And it's, how would I want to be treated if something like that happened to me? Sure. And, and, you know, a big thing is whenever somebody makes a mistake, do they realize they made a mistake and do they realize it was their fault that they could have prevented this. And if they do, then they've already done most of the work for me. You know, I don't need to tell them how big of a deal this is or try to, or, you know, turn it into a discipline thing. Yeah. A lot of times it's as simple as what do you, what do you think about that? And they say, man, I was dumb. I shouldn't have, uh, oh, you going to do that again? <laughs> said, no. So how are you going to keep that from happening next time? And it's, you know, this kind of tone. And they'll say, I'll probably just, okay. That's it, man. Go have a great day. With this big phrase, we just go make it a great day. Make it a great day. I love that. So tell, what, what about this business do you like the most? What 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 piece of this, the scalability, the, uh, the customer interaction, what piece of it 
makes you come to work every day? It was probably the kind of the business model that if I, once I get a customer, if I do the job well, I keep the customer until they move. Occasionally they, you know, we might get undercut by some big national competitor, uh, but, but not often. But it, it was more just the business. I wanted to own a business for myself and I wanted it to be something like I wouldn't just do anything. I've always been interested in having a nice, clean lawn, nice landscaping. Um, I've always kind of been interested. I, I had one house whenever I was in college that I rented. And people say, I always saw this house. I thought an old lady lived here because <laughs> I had I had petunias. I had all kinds of flowers and shrubs, and I'd be out there trimming them. So I've always liked that stuff. Uh, flowers during the week and jello wrestling on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was it was a business the business model where if I keep my customers happy and I do a good job, we go because we we added a you know. A, a lot of customers this year, more customers than we than we have probably ever in one year. But that's also because it's a, it's, you know, we're bigger than we ever have been. So percentage wise, we're growing. Most of those, most I think it was like two thirds, somewhere right around there, of our new leads came from referrals, from where, not that's, from marketing. That's huge. Yep, it means a lot. And it's so easy to sell because they'll say, if because we're not as cheap as some other people. But I'll say, well, why, how'd you hear about us? Well, such and such lawn. How'd their lawn look? Well, it looked great. It's best in the neighborhood. So that's then, all, I, then it doesn't matter. That, is that is that an extra five forty dollars a year? Is it worth that to you? And those, I don't have, I don't, I don't have to say that. I'll just say, oh, okay. So, and then boom, the sales pretty much made based on what they saw. And they, yep, they call the office. Somebody answers the phone. They don't get a dial nine for this, dial two for this. We answer the phone. We try our best to take care of the problem, and we, it's we're a customer service company that does lawn care. And uh, as my father-in-law that built the company and started the company, it's not a franchise or anything. And I'm just super proud of the, the, the way he does business. It's not a, you got to make a profit. Yeah. If you don't make a profit, you don't have business. You go out of business real quick. You can have all the high ideals in the world, but if you don't turn a profit, you're not going to stay. Uh, and, but he did that by providing excellent customer service, not by, you know, just only looking at the dollars. Sure. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. You know, I see so in the short-term rental world, we're seeing a lot of uh, complaints about, okay, vac vacation rental owners are requiring, you know, there was a, an article out earlier that said, yeah, I've got to do this 10-point checklist, mow the grass. I read that. I read that. And uh, all these things before I check out. And, you know, so it's given some of these vacation rental hosts a bad name. Um, and that's, you know, where I feel like, you know, where you might not always be able to compete with your property, you can compete with your service. Right. And you can always do better with your service mm -hmm. than the next person because that not everybody's willing to do that. Right. Uh, and, you know, my favorite part about this business is, again, is, you know, the scalability. The, mm -hmm. the, you look at, okay, you know, you know the lifetime value. And that's, that's things that, going back to insurance sales, uh, when I, you know, I've done a little bit of everything because I hate it. I hate working for somebody else. So I'm sure. like, oh, what's the next thing I can do that gets me out of this? Right. You know, so it's like you, you learn phone sales and you learn, um, you know, what's the, the, the lifetime value of this customer and what's the customer retention rate mm -hmm. and how many contacts do I have to sell or to make to, to create a sale or how many leads do I have to get to make so many contacts to make so many sales. Right. You know, to, to keep in a customer. Yeah. So, you know, if you take and you have a thousand customers and you add another, another 500, well, you've just 
you know, added 50% of value back to, you know, to your business. Yeah. Long term. Mm -hmm. And that's a business that you can sell. And a, a business with accounts is a business that you can sell. Right. Uh, and that's what I like about it. And, and that's what attracted me to it. Yeah. Uh, there's you know, the, the, the growth numbers are unlimited. I mean, it's, it's exactly all how right. much you want to put into it. You're exactly right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we, it, we've had, we've had growth every year. The business is 21 years old. I've been involved. This is my second year involved. Uh, last year we grew somewhere around just over 20%. We're on pace to match that if not exceed it nice. this year. Uh, and which is just, and a lot of that is just, you know, whenever you buy a business, it's centered around the person that started it and they, they, you know, keep the tasks they like and that they're good at and their strengths and they delegate the things that they don't have time for, uh, uh, other stuff. Right. So a big part of it was getting in there and just taking a business that was tailor made to one person. It's all right. How do I fit in this? And just over the last, since I've kind of, since we've closed on it, I've changed some things around. Nothing major. You don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. What we do at the, the the service we provide and the customer service we provide, none of that changes. But just some of the administrative stuff, I've had to adjust because uh, the the last owner, the seller of the business brain and my brain work completely differently. We're just wired very differently. Yeah. Uh, his his he was a manager for forty years. He's the kind of kind of guy that can walk into a room and tell you where everything is, uh, how much water was in this water bottle. Just that absolute. Amazing attention to detail. Yeah. And I'm a little bit maybe more of a people person uh, than he is. So just just taking all that and making it fit you. You talked about, you know, building something around his, it's, it's our business now. It's my business. Yeah. So w what do I want it to look like? Number one, we got we to gotta provide excellent customer service. That's non-negotiable. And the big thing that, and, I, and I, I'm sure I heard, I stole this. I don't know from who, I don't remember, but it was, I, you know, and I'm sure you're the same. You just about, you name the self-help book. I've probably read it or read a summary of it or scanned it or listened to it. Uh, but it's how can I questions? How can I, you know, Molly and I, my wife, we are big things. We like to travel. We traveled to Europe whenever I was a teacher and she had a, you know, maybe her first job out of college. We decided to go to Europe. How can I do that? And uh, we just figured out a way to, okay, and Clark, Clark Howard, are you familiar with Clark Howard? Yeah. He's a, he's a, he, he you, know, you might know this. He started a travel agency, sold it at age 35 and retired. And so then he started like a basically travel radio. So anyway, it's just what he said. And I stole this from him, which is another thing we can talk about. Everything I know just about I've stolen, not stolen. People put it out there. Hey, use this, try this. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I adapt it. That's what, that's what people say. Oh, you're so creative. I love what you've done with these houses. I was like, look, I take an idea and then add my spin to it. Right. And it's not, it's not, I'm not the first at doing these things. Right. I'm just making it mine. Right. And that, and that's important because, you know, no, no, no organizational method is going to work for you the exact same way as it works for me. Sure. Um, yeah. We just, we would ask those, how can I questions whenever I decided we wanted to travel. So how can I do that? So we found the cheapest flights and Clark Howard says, figure out why you want to go there. So we found, turns out whenever we started doing the research, traveling inside of, we went to Spain. It was the same as traveling in the U.S. plus the flights. So we just used our uh, income income tax rebate. So it was basically to cover the flight. And then we 
other than that, it's like a trip to Florida. You okay. paid this much a night. You know, you're going to spend this much on food. It's very similar in most places you've gone. If you go to a big city, you pay more. Sure. You go to Madrid, you're going to pay more than, you know, Sevilla or somewhere like that. So we just figured out how we could do that. And as we've, our careers have grown and things have grown, we've, we can be a little bit pickier about where we want to go. But usually there's, you know, a range of things we could do. But that's just one example. We did the same thing. At, I want to buy a rental property. How can I do that? Well, I don't, you know, you can pay cash for it. Well, I can't pay cash for it. I'm a teacher. <laughs> so it, that was a big thing that we did is just, and again, I don't know where I learned it, but how can I questions? That was really well, important tell, to me. You know, the how can I, I mean, I look back and see, you know, when you were, when you were getting started and, and, you know, still teaching and wanting to buy your first rental properties, you were coming to the real estate mm -hmm. investor association meetings and, and talking with others that were doing it and learning right. and trying to figure out the best way and the best route to it. And you figured out and did it. And that's the biggest thing, you know, A, you figured out how can I, and then B, you went and did it, you know? Right. And I think a lot of people, they spend a lot of time on the how can I, but they never do. Right. Yeah. And even before I, I was already an investor before I ever went to the first meetup because sure. I'd already bought a house that I'd planned. I didn't know anywhere. I mean, I knew looking back, I basically knew nothing, <laughs> but I knew if I bought a house that it was a, it was a HUD. Uh, foreclosed home. I knew if I bought a house that was undervalued, that I would at least have some equity. I didn't know a whole lot about what equity was or how to use it at that moment. But then I also knew that it had a mother-in-law suite. And I knew that I didn't want a duplex for my first house because duplexes, they're just a little bit tougher to sell than a single family house. They don't, a lot of time, and this isn't a hard and fast rule, but they generally don't get as much, earn as much dollar per square foot, uh, whenever you sell it. So I, and that mother-in-law suite is kind of what sold it on me. And I already had that and was renting it out before I ever went to a meetup. And then I learned, you know, there's an infinite number of ways to buy rental properties. I knew of one or two. I knew people pay cash, people put 20% down, or I did, you know, the only way I could, the only way I could do it at the time was as an owner occupant. So I was just going to continue to do the owner-occupant thing every two years. But then I got into it, met people like you that were very generous with their time and knowledge and learned other ways. And I was able to just really, oh man, it just, and it snowballs yeah. and it snowballs. And it's, you're right. It was, and that's a big thing that I always tell people is first thing I ask them, well, have you Googled how to do that? And I said, well, I talked to this one guy and that's fine. That guy might tell you, but he, he can only tell you what he knows. Sure. The internet's full of a million different ways to do it. And a lot, and the, almost the first thing it says is go to your local real estate meetup. So that's what I started doing. Yeah. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice is to somebody that's starting out in real estate is just to go to a local meetup. Yep. Start talking to other people and seeing what other people are doing. Yep. So what drives Derek? What, what is the, the driving force behind Derek? What, going back, you know, even 15 years, what is all? Sure. I know you're competitive. Yeah. But what 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 what's what's the drive behind that? I I think about that a lot, and uh, you 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 know you kind of gave me an idea of some of the questions you'd ask me, and that was one of them. And and I and I look back and I, you know, without trying to be philosophical about it, I have no no clue. But whenever I'm interested in something, I just I just dive into it. And and I'm I'm the kind of guy if I get interested in somebody, I'll read two or three uh, biographies about them back to back to back. 
and I'll just and I just get into stuff. Really, you know, whenever I was in high school, it was wrestling, or even middle school and high school. I just I, I wrestled and I lifted weights. I was a power lifter, but the only reason I lifted weights because it made me better at wrestling. Uh, but just I was an awful student, a poor student at the time. But I loved wrestling, so I and I just spent a lot of time and effort into that. And I just part of it I think is some people are just wired for certain things. But what what happens is we let maybe life get in the way of our things that we're passionate about. And it, it keeps, and if, you know, I saw a lot of people whenever I graduated high school, they graduated, they bought a nice truck. And now that's, that's an anchor. They have to go to work every week, get a job, whether they want it or not, to pay for this truck. So I just bought, I just was lucky enough to see that and decided I want to be a teacher and a wrestling coach. So then I go to college all of a sudden, I'm on Dean's List, and I'm doing all this other because that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I think a big part of what kind of drives me is just to, I like accomplishing things. If I, and I, was, and I, I even asked my wife, what, what do you think drives me? She goes, you seem to, like, I enjoy finishing something, uh, setting a goal and finishing it most of the time. Sometimes I'll get halfway through, I'll be like, well, this isn't worth pursuing. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point because you know a lot of times we set goals, and then once we get close to that goal, we realize that this isn't really what you know what I was looking for, and this wasn't right. what I thought it would be. So, it, you know, it's I feel like once we realize that it's, that goal is not important anymore. Right. You know, so I'm not saying give up on your goals, but I'm saying if you get close and you realize that hey, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, this isn't what I was really looking for for my life at this point in my life, it's okay to let that go. Yeah. And move towards something else that is. Right. Because you, you get 90% or 70% into something and realize that your goal is over here instead of over there. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, know, you just got to shift. Yeah. Or it's not what you thought it was. You know, you as you start climbing that hill, you can see better. Yeah. You can see further. You know That's more. Good, good analogy. Uh, and it's just so. Yeah, so as far as now, just kind of what drives me, what drove me while I was teaching and building the business was I wanted just financial comfort. I wanted to be able to travel basically anywhere I wanted to, when I wanted to be master of my own time. Uh, you know, now I've kind of, I've got all that. So it's like, okay, what now? But I think a lot of times people who, people like entrepreneurs, you know, probably anybody that's watching this, listening to this, they are probably fairly driven and trying to figure out what that next thing is. And there's no rules. It can be whatever you want it to be. That's been uh, a thing for me. You know, I said, you, you know, we have a vision board and I have all these things on it. And then, you know, I put this on my list, on my goals, and then I hit it. And I'm like, man, now what? Right. You know, I never thought I would do this. Right. What do I do to, to build on that? And that that's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it, it sounds funny to say that it's hard, but you know, you've you've accrued, you've uh, you've achieved this level of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Now you've got to one up it. Right? Yeah. Because before you started, you're here. Before you started, if you said, "Hey, at 35, you're going to be right here," you'd say, "Well, then I'm done. Once I get to 35, what do I do?" And but I, I think part of it's just you're finding that motivation. And, you know, for me, it's just, all right, I, I bought a 
very successful, very well established business. Let's see what I can do with it. I, you know, and I've got goals set to, if you grow something at 15% a year, that every five years it doubles. So for me, it was just like right off the bat, which two years from now, I'm going to have very different goals because I'm going to have a much deeper understanding of how it all works and what's possible. Right. So, but right now it's all right. We're going to double this thing in five years and we will. So that's, that's what keeps me kind of going day to day. And then it's also, all right, what if I do this for five years and I don't want to do it? So then I always, I always like having backup plans as far as, okay, I got, I just need to buy, keep buying rental properties so that if I just want to say, forget this and sell it, I can just relax for a minute. I couldn't imagine not, and I know you're the same way. I couldn't imagine just living on the beach all day. No, and that's, you know, at 20, when I said, okay, I'm going to retire at 35, that sounded great. Yeah. I'll be done working. I'm not going to have to punch a clock or be be accountable to anyone but me and my family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now at 40, 41, I'm like, if I did stop, what would I do? You know, I've got to have purpose, so I keep coming up with ideas. Now, those ideas are turning into, okay, I'm doing this so that I can do this. Right. You know, so I can, you know, do a program with the the local high school or or create a a nighttime program for the students, the, the graduating seniors, something along those lines. Right. So it's, you know, there's more of a purpose behind why I push now. And... You know, that drives me on top of, you know, wanting to achieve greater. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I got into, I got, I went to college to be a wrestling coach and I, and I did it and I loved it and and I'm not done with it. I just had to, while I bought the business, I needed to focus on that. And the timing just kind of worked out because that's whenever COVID hit, I started this. So the timing just worked out, but I've always been, I'm where I am and who I am because I had, wrestling coaches. What my, my high school wrestling coach was the first, I was, I was a very difficult student. I was class clown, loud mouth. You, at, if I was ever in a room and probably still a little bit like this, people know I'm there. Uh, I don't mean to do it. It's just who I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was the first adult that ever said I was a good kid. I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't, you know, stealing, smoking in the bathroom. Not that that's the worst thing somebody could do, but I wasn't like a bad kid. I was just a lot, yeah. a lot to be locked in a room with for 90 minutes at a time. But I just remember, and I, I, I still just remember whenever I graduated going, I want to have, I want to make sure that there are people like that out there. And that means, and all I could, all I could think of at that time was that means I'm going to be that guy. And so you I want to be able to have an influence on right, the next generation. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause wrestling, I really think and any sport can do this, but wrestling is very unique that to get better, you get physically beat up. You don't need a scoreboard to tell you if you won or lost a wrestling match. You, this guy held you down on your back against your will and everybody knows it. They don't have to look at the scoreboard and just taking those and at practice, if you're the guy beating up on everybody, you're not getting that much better. No. So it sets you up for life to whenever and it happens all the time. Whenever you, and you know this because you try a bunch of new things. Whenever you try something new, you eat dirt. And you got to be able to get up and go, all right, I didn't like that, but I'm a little bit better now. And I know what to look out for next time. And it just, I think wrestling was really, it just helped me learn to take a beating and know that, all right, 
I'm going to be better next time. And you just keep showing up. You keep showing up, keep getting your butt kicked. And eventually you're not so bad. You don't get your butt kicked that much. And then if you're like you or me, you find something else that does it. It start right all over. Yeah. You talked about your wrestling coaches and, and giving you compliments and, and, uh, you know, building that self-esteem. Yeah. I, my, I, my seventh grade teacher, uh, Mr. Wilson at Russell middle school, he, uh, he made the comment uh, right before school let out for Christmas break. He's like, you know, I was there. I was like the class leader or something, you know, during that seventh grade year. And this was the the winter break, Christmas break. And he's, he pulled me to the side because he was leaving, but he didn't, te- he didn't tell us that he was leaving. Um, and he just said, Michael, you can do any damn thing you want to if you put your mind to it. And like, man, that changed my whole outlook. It's like, yeah. okay, I gotta, I gotta act a different way. I gotta behave a certain way. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, a story of, uh, it's, it's supposedly a true story. Uh, uh, see, the book was, uh, it takes what it takes. They were talking about this student that um, he was a class clown, you know, always acting up, wasn't always, you know, at class, just goof off, and the teachers didn't take him seriously. But he went and took his uh, SAT and uh, or SAT, ACT, one of them, and scored a perfect score. You know, it was like I guess it was the the, uh, the SAT because it was fifteen hundred. You know, he just scores like this fifteen hundred, and uh, he gets his score back, and you know, so he's like, well, man, you know, he started he started acting differently because oh, maybe I am smart, right? You know, and he so he starts applying himself, and he starts showing up to class and putting in the work. And his grades improve, and his teachers really get behind him. And he goes on to college and gets a degree, and graduates, gets married, and has a successful career. And then, like eight years later, uh, they send he gets a letter in the mail, and it's from the SAT board review board, informing him that there was a mistake. They did an audit, and out of eight, there was eight scores, or out of whatever they audited for that year, there were eight scores that were sent out wrong, and his was you know, like a 740 or, you know, it was, just, it was just, you know, it wasn't, the difference wasn't that he was any smarter. The difference was he started acting like someone with a 1500. Right. And that's he what, had self-belief. Yeah, self-belief. So, you know, putting that back into our youth now and whatever, you know, whether that's to, through your employees that are younger than you yeah, or, or you know, getting involved in a, a program with the, the schools here locally yeah, and working with youth that way. I think that's huge. It's, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm big on giving back. I am who I am because I had good coaches and, and sports. So like I just started coaching uh, some rugby at the college level. Uh, it's a club team, but it's still, it's just been out there and, you know, I know a little bit about, I've been playing rugby for 12 years, still jump out there every now and then. Uh, I love the sport. I love it. I love the, the, the characteristics of it. There's a lot of wrestling coaches. It's not very many rugby coaches. So it's just an opportunity for me to, to, to kind of just give back to the sport a little bit. Uh, and it, and it and still be around something you love and still be around something I love. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm, you know, I still, I still stay involved with the men's club here in town that I played with as far as administratively, I help, uh, organize fundraisers and things like that. Most of the other guys do most of the heavy lifting and the leg work, but I'm just kind of institutional knowledge and, and, and th- those sorts of things. But it, uh, I just think that that it's, I think it's important to give back to what helped you get there because had I not had, had I not had, you know, coach Thornberry, I, who knows? I might've, I might've never amounted to much. My, I might not even graduate high school. The main reason I like going to high school so I got to see my friends. 
and I got to wrestle. So who knows? I might not even finish high school. So it was, it was important for me to get back to that. I miss coaching wrestling, but it's kind of neat because at Grow Green, some of the, I had a very special group of, of, of kids that came in in sixth grade. By the time they were in eighth grade, uh, the school where I coached had about 500 kids, right, right around 500, 502. By the, whenever they were in eighth grade, uh, my, my leadership, but then them just being on fire for the sport and just trying to recruit and just loving wrestling and working hard. We had, it was over 20% of the male population and a couple of girls on the wrestling team. We had more, we had as many kids, sometimes more at wrestling practice than they had at football practice, wow. which is unheard of around here. And then, and that was the only time we really did that. I didn't change what I did. I mean, I did, I added to it, but it was just that if you can, like we've been talking about, you find the right people and they did a lot of the recruiting. People didn't look and say, Oh, I want to be with coach Hilly. That was part of it. You know, I had a, I was young, uh, gung ho, let's do this. You know, you can do it kind of, kind of guy. But then I also had 15 eighth graders or there were sixth graders and seventh graders and eighth graders did the same thing. And they were on fire for it. So they just got, and it just really built a decent little program. Well, that's a walking, talking some trophies brand. and things. Yeah, just, uh, that's exactly right. You know, they're walking around, walking the walk, talking, yep. talking. You'd see kids wearing our wrestling shirts that I'd never even seen before in my life. <laughs> they wanted, they just wanted to be a part of something. And I don't know how we got talking about this, no, 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 but I liked great. it. What what what's what's the end goal for Derek? Are you that far? What what are you? Why are you doing what you're doing? I don't know. Uh, it's but well, I you know. Comfort for my family. I want to make sure that I expect my, I just had my first kid. He's he's three weeks old, about to be four weeks old. I expect him. wrestling yet? Uh, not yet. Not he's yet. probably, okay. he'll probably be climbing the walls if there's anything like, we call him Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Uh, but I expect him. He's calling Buzz for short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I expect him to work just as hard as I did. Thing is, he's going to start several rungs up the ladder higher than I did. He'll be, he'll go to nice probably nicer schools uh, he won't have to worry about paying for college or doing anything like that if he chooses to go uh, I'll probably encourage him to go just, I learned a lot you know I know some of the most successful and smartest and even knowledgeable people I know didn't uh, I'll encourage him to do that and but I'll still expect him to get out and make the world a little bit better do what you can with what you've got to add value you know, let the at least the people around you know that you were here, and you were able to make the world a little bit better place. Yeah, that's tough when you talk. You know, our kid talking about kids. You know, mine are twelve and nine, and and them starting out a few rungs higher. And it's like, man, you know, every now and then I'm I'm wanting to cut off a few of those rungs <laughs> and put them back in their place. It's like, but you know, I'm just gonna college is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I want them to go and be educated if that's what they want to do. So I'm going to encourage them to choose their path and take it. Uh, but if they go to college, they're going to pay for it. And, uh, or they're going to go to a college that they, where they can work through it. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a few of the colleges out there that, uh, you know, you, you have to work while you're there and, and it's part of yeah. uh, the experience I, while you're there. I have a so, former student go into one of those. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, that's the way I'm going to push ours. Cause I, you know, I just, I feel if they, like, if I they feel want like it, appreciate it more if they if they if they're going for it. But yeah, if they want it, they'll make it. They'll make it happen. Make it happen. So. And, and it, 
I've got a three week old. Yeah. I don't know what I, I've been, but I was some of the people I know that have have had some of the coolest lives didn't have to pay for college. So they didn't have to worry about whenever they graduated, they could give it a go at starting a business because I didn't have much to do. I had like 10,000. That's that's still, that was a payment that I had to make. Sure. And in addition to, you know, place to live and all that. And I was just too scared to go and do something like that with $10,000 worth of debt over my head. And, yeah. you know, some of it worked out great. Some of them were able to just go and like, I, I know somebody that kind of went over to Europe and traveled and, you know, worked odd jobs here and there, did what they do, had to do to, to get by. There's Gosh, so many, never so had that option. There's ways now that you can make a living, you know, yeah. online virtually and just, you know, I, I've got friends that went to, to the best private schools and the, the best college educations and they're, they're running vending machine routes and they're managers at Lowe's and Walmart. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that, I, I feel like the education is my, okay, so the education is better than what you get in a public school, I'm not argue that. I feel like it's more about the connections made at that establishment. You're exactly right. Than it is the education. So I, I don't. I, I feel like that I can put my friends in front or my kids in front of the right people. Yeah. And create an education outside of that, and, and create the connections outside of that. Uh, so yeah, it's it's man, you know. You brought up a very I, key I point. Seven or eight more years to screw them up. So. <laughs> <laughs> your kids are awesome. I love your kids. They have a great energy. They're, They're polite. Uh, you brought up a key point. I became a teacher because every successful person I knew was a teacher. I didn't know any doctors. I didn't know any lawyers. I didn't know any engineers. I didn't know any entrepreneurs. I grew up in a small town where almost everybody worked at a carpet mill. Uh, I just wasn't exposed. You know, I knew this much about what was out there. So if nothing like you're talking about, your kids get exposed to people who are all those other things. Who knows? Maybe I would have met uh, an attorney or a, an engineer and see myself in them the way I saw myself in my teachers. I'm like, oh, well, my dad's friend does that. Steve does that. If he can do it, I could probably do it. But to me, I was as just as likely to become a center in the NBA as I was a doctor because I thought it was. I thought the odds were just as much against me. But I had no clue. That's the other thing. you know that mentality growing up. Yeah, you know, I grew up thinking, you know, my, my dad made 40000 a year when he retired at the post office. My mom stayed at home with us. So, I mean, single house, single income, $40,000, and we, we'd live nice. Yeah. But it was because they were willing to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was, before I was born, you know, we lived in a nice home, but they, they built it. You know, my dad did a lot. They, they dug their own swimming pool by hand with buckets and shovels. My dad would carry... That's that's, that's old. That's next level old school. Well, Excuse me. My dad would carry roofing the shingles up on the roof at night, and my mom would nail them on while he was at work. I mean, that's that's what they were doing to save money. I mean, I've never met anybody that works as hard as my mom. That's I mean, impressive. It's, just, it's unreal, and she still goes to this day, still circles around me. But... For until I was probably twenty five, I thought forty thousand a year was good money. I mean, I thought, man, if I can make it forty thousand, it, it is. But I just I didn't realize that there's so much more, and it's not that hard to achieve. It's it's not. If your goal is to make lots of money, and this this almost sounds tone deaf, but if one 
If you if your goal is to make a lot of money, there's a million pathways to do it and do it and do it easily. Go and you know get good at sales. A lot of sales positions are unlimited, and if you're good at if you start small, working at some doing sales here, and max you can make this Those amount, you'll go somewhere else, and you'll go somewhere else, and next thing you know you're selling whatever that those sure, big ticket items are. Have a great sales Absolutely. We've yeah, got I mean, one and he's incredible. And if I had, we, we, gosh, if I could find people that sold the way we sell everything we do and got me back on grill green, everything we do incentivizes quality. So, you know, it's not, we, our salesmen have to sell a certain way. They have to sell a lawn just like they were going to have to go out and treat it. So if they sell a lawn that's $75 for $60, like, like, they're incentivized to do in some situations, well, they're going to get $60 worth of quality and they need 75 because that technician's got to come out and do $60 worth of sure. $60 worth of work on it. So, so if they, if but they yeah, yeah. Short sale the customer, the short, the customer's getting short service. Right. Exactly right. They'll think they're getting a deal, but they're not. They're getting what they pay for. Less product and less, less time. So it's, yeah, but you're exactly right as far as, yeah, if, if somebody's, if their goal is to make money, there's a bunch of ways to, to, to do that. Well, and, and to me, my goal is not to make money. My goal is to to do other things, but those things require money. You know? Exactly. Uh, yeah, flights aren't free. Yeah, well, it's not It's not that I, I want to give back. I want to give back, Yeah. you know, a lot of what we, we bring in. I mean, sure, a stupid amount. And that's that's what's driving me to do more and more because I want to turn around and, and just dump it back into, right. you know, something different every year, yeah. whatever that may be. That's what, you know, that's where I want to, Dump it, but or, or a foundation yeah, that create, that does create our own foundation. Or, yep. You know, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, if you if you can create a business, you can create a foundation sure. and figure out why. And you know, that's a thing, and that's a, that's a thing I've thought of. You know, so I don't remember who told me this one time. So a person told me, if you really want to give back, first you, you probably need to have a surplus. Otherwise, you're going to be lacking in some areas of your life that's going to keep you from being able to to do the things or provide for your family in the way you really want to. And you don't want to be resentful, right? Like you don't want to be that guy that gave all and then no, you're short. And you're struggling because a lot of those, because a lot of times it's not going to come back around and help you in the end. You've got to kind of, you got to put your gas mask on before you can put the person yeah. on in front of you. Uh, but no, I, I think that's, I think that's great. That's a big thing that, that drives me is, you know, a lot of people and, you know, I'm not, any kind of rich guy or anything, but if, if I ever was, you know, I'd like to be one of those guys that gives them a good name because there's a huge percentage of those, but you always hear about the greedy ones that do this. A lot of times it's of not even true stuff. You, that's the ones you hear about. And it's right. Usually, like you say, it's not true. It's not like even true. Because yeah. Because somebody had an experience or, or saw it in a different light. Yep. Yep. They, they fired me. He's this real jerk. You didn't come to work for a week and a half. You didn't tell him. Well, that's, that's, I was sick, but yeah. you know, it's, it's you, yeah, you, you, there's always two sides to the story, but, uh, you know, as far as like what drives me, I think it's just, I heard a, a quote that got me out of teaching. What made me stop teaching was, and I don't, I don't know who said it, but it's what a man can be or what a person can be. They must be. So it was just like, okay. I'm in a spot where I've learned how to buy real estate and make money and build build this. And now that I'm here, I know there's a whole lot of other ways to, to, to turn this into something. And not everybody has been fortunate enough to meet the people and have the experience I have that have taught them that. 
I am fortunate enough to have that. So it was kind of just, let's see what I can do. Let's see what I can do. I've taught for 10 years, nine years, enjoyed it. There's other things I can do inside of that. I wasn't, I was a good classroom teacher. I was probably, a, but my gift, my what I was best at was motivating students, making them feel good about themselves. Uh, really just trying to instill that self-belief because, you know, this is, there's a saying, what would you attempt if you knew you couldn't fail? People trust, you know, it's unlimited what you would try if you knew that all you had to do was put in the work yeah, and you would succeed, yeah. right? All it takes is this amount of work and you'll get this. Well, that's what's holding everybody back, the fear. Yep, self-belief. So what, what has this path done for you and your family at this point? What, what has it allowed and created for you? It, uh, it's, you know, the main reason I wanted to get into real estate and all this stuff, I didn't want to have to think about money. I didn't want a ton. I didn't want, you know, the goal was never to have a million dollars in the bank. It was to live, it was to not have, you, you, you have to think about money, but I don't have to worry about it. We don't live in a, we live in a way that we've always lived below our means. So it's, you know, if, if there is something I want or there's somewhere I want to go, we don't have to struggle too much for that because we live below our means. Uh, and whenever that wasn't enough, you just went out, you got more means. And so it, it's done that and it's made, it's was my big goal. And I heard this, I think it was in Thomas Jefferson's biography, that being master of my own time. And I, st I, I still go to work every day. Uh, Whenever my whenever my son was born, I was I missed while Molly was in the hospital. But we had a big campaign coming up. We we're doing aeration and seating. It's my first year doing it. I had to go into work, so it didn't feel like I was mastering my time then. But I didn't have to show up. I wasn't going to lose my business or lose my job. It just wouldn't have ran as well. So those first little bit, I ran in and I went in. And I'd work about two hours in the morning, no matter how much sleep I got. I'd go in, make sure everything went out the door. We'd ready set up to have a good day providing a good service, and I'd go home and help take care of the kid. So just that flexibility of the schedule and master of my own time and just, you know, being just being comfortable, right? I think that's what most people want. Maybe well, some people maybe some people want a Rolex for each hand. People, right, you know? yeah, they want the fancy car. And the, might be looking at that Rolex. Yeah, yeah. Me, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some Everybody people it is. different, yeah. And Everybody's if, different. The main thing is just not having to be stressed about how you're going to pay for the necessities of life. So what advice would you give someone that's just starting out that might want to go in the path of, of uh, grow green and, and, and the real estate path or, or just, you know, building a business that is uh, contract-based and, and sales-based? If you're, if you're wanting to start a business... Number one, I tell them to find somebody who's done it and that you respect and that it's done it the right way. That's huge. Cause, and buy them lunch. You know, yeah, take and learn from somebody rather than trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, well, people I mean, try to do. People, people do, do that all the time. They'll say, "Hey, I, I want to do this, 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 and this." So where'd you get all that? Well, I was just thinking about it. Just, that's yeah, a lot of energy you put into earlier, this. You know, everybody's what you're wanting to do has already been done. Yep. Most of the time. 90% of it at yeah, least. Probably 99. I mean, it's, it's already been done and just, uh, you know, hasn't been perfected or uh -huh. hasn't been done the way you want to do it. So go and find that person and learn from their mistakes. You'll shave 15 years off of you. 
uh, right. for your career up there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, just, and in the worst 15 years. Yep. So, yeah, learn from somebody that's done it already. And and if you're if you're wanting to do a – if your business involves having the same customers for a long time, by golly, you better treat your customers right because they're paying your bills. Oh, yeah. And even more than that, it's just the right thing to do. If in, in, business, in business, you have to make a profit. So – It's not at the expense of your customer. Right, because – Number one, that's just bad business because you're going to lose that customer. You're going to lose that customer, and you're going to lose and every person that they, that, they t- that they talk to. Yep, whoever, however many that is, you're going to lose all them too because they're not even going to give you a chance. And w- the way we really try to do it, and our whole team buys into this, is do it the way you'd want it done if this was your yard. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is a, this is, these are people that care about their lawn. You know, not everybody does, and that's fine. But the people that get to us, they care about their lawn and they want it to look good. They want to, they, they expect a certain quality and it's our job to, to give it to them. And that's the advice I'd give. And one thing that, that I struggled with early on was, was confidence. That was my big, and people would never, because people, if anything now, I'm probably overconfident, which probably just more just, I'm loud. So it's just that cockiness that kind of, that maybe sometimes I put off it's, a long t- and maybe a lot, lot, maybe for a long time, it was compensating for not really deep down believing in myself. But what I found a way around that was to find a process that I believed in and follow that process. And then you realize, okay, so it's not even just about, yeah, I'm not special. I don't have to be special. If I do this the right way and I go the right steps and I don't take shortcuts and I follow every step and connect every dot, this will happen. Right, like if you save up, if this you wanted to buy a rental property and you save up twenty percent, and you have halfway decent credit, you can go buy that rental property. Right, like it's just, but it's that end goal, walking it back to what you have to do. And if if you don't believe in yourself, find a process you believe in. That at least that was what worked for me. It might not work for anybody else. It might be the worst advice in the world. I don't know, but it's what I did. I love it. Love it. So. You've dropped some nuggets. You've left us with some good quotes. What is the quote? What what is the main quote that you live by? That I live? That's influenced you more than any others. Uh, One that I, it's kind of a mantra. It came from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I have it. I have physical copies that I give away all the time. Uh, Also, I do that with the book, The One Thing. Have you ever read The One Thing? I don't listen to that one. It's, uh, it's great. I, I took it. I even, I did my own summary on each chapter, wrote it down. I have multiple books that I just, I just handed out because it just helped my productivity a lot. But how to win friends and influence people. One of the chapters is ne- basically never criticize, condemn, or complain. And I still do all those things sometimes. And whenever I do, I just remind myself, it, it, you know, that, that wasn't helpful. It wasn't helpful. You just you took a step backwards, and now you still got to take that step back to where you were, and you got to go move forward. Me one time, that, you know, if their uh, their mom used to tell them that you know before they said something, think is it helpful? Is it hurtful? Is it does it take bring somebody down? If it does, there's no need, you know, you know, not bringing it up. Right. Don't don't say it. Yeah, and gosh, somebody with a big machine gun mouth like like mine I've it's it's been something that it's very easy for me to you know and even then I got where I could keep my mouth shut but then I'll, I've noticed that sometimes and it all stems from impatience and I that's the that's the 
that's kind of my maybe my biggest flaw is I'm just impatient. I want to get stuff done. Why am I waiting on this? Why didn't this already happen? But and it makes me sometimes say things that I regret. And I mastered that, but then I realized I'd be standing in line doing like this. I'm like, I'm still saying it. I still just I'm still <laughs> complaining. So that it's just been like it's just having moreover just changed the mindset mindset to where it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. And just just but that that's that's a, the thing there's a, you know I, lo- I love quotes I know a lot of I know a lot of quotes I don't know who said them all and I'll probably butcher half of them but that's the one that at least this week it's just really a, it's been really easy to criticize but what I have learned is if I'm going to criticize I need to spend five criticisms on me because yeah. I either trained this person or hired this person or all of the above to do this, and if they didn't do it right, I messed up. So one last thing. What, sure. I love that you're handing out books. I do that with uh, Think and Grow Rich. What 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 do you look for in somebody to decide to give them a book? If hey, I think they'll read it. Yeah. Uh, if they if they're if if it's one thing, if they just I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that, and you, first off, if they ask for, it, I'll give it to them. I, I, whenever I buy another one, I buy two of them. I also do it with the book 1776. Uh, I can't remember if it was Chernell or it was one of those big time guys that write a ton of history books. He's the same guy that wrote John Adams uh, and Truman. I can't think of his name. Anyway, greatest story, 1770. It was about the year 1776 and what happened with that with Washington and Green and Knox. But how I decided to give a book to somebody, I don't know if they want it or if they're if they're struggling with that or they talk like they're struggling with it, maybe it's productivity. The one thing, the big thing is it says, what is the one thing I can do that will make these other tasks not need to be done anymore, right? So a lot of times, to me, I just take that as, what's the root cause of these other problems? Uh, I mean, eliminate that cause and yep. eliminate the problem. Yep, yep, or a solution that would take care of all those things, yep. right? So it's, I'm, I'm, I try to be generous with it. Uh, but it's main, that's the main thing is if they just genuinely seem eager and I genuinely think they'll take action. So, you know, people find out that, you know, if you buy rental property to this, oh, I want to do that. And then it's, it's just a thought that came in their head and a thing they've thought about and they've watched a few YouTube videos. That's all. And I give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know what they're going to do. They yeah. might end up buying a thousand houses and I hope they do. Sure. But, you know, if that's what they've been doing for six months and they're like, well, how do I do that with... No money and bad credit. So we'll first probably get some good credit. Or start the path of fixing it, right? Like fix those root cause problems. You don't have to have great credit to buy rental property, but if you if you have bad credit, there's a decent chance that you're going, even with money, you're going to possibly make those same mistakes again, whether it's whatever they were. Sometimes it's just bad luck. But yeah, that's the big thing is if I think they'll take action and... They're genuinely interested. Nice. I've, I've, if, I've never, I can't, I can never think of a time where I was like, man, they'd benefit from this, but I'm not going to. I need to do better and get, get more handed out. I'm, I'm like. It's been a minute like since a, I've handed one out too, but I'd, gosh, it's, you know, we're working all the time. Like, I, yeah. Well, I'm like, uh, yeah, they're, they're not motivated. They're not, they're there, you know, they won't read it or, you know. I'll ask them, will you read it? And I'll say, was it audio books? And I, I've got a physical copy. I can't, I can't. I don't even know how you'd give an audio book, send them an MP3 file or. I think you can send an audio book to people, but uh, 
as, as, a, as a gift. I'd have to Google how to do that. Yeah, I would too. All right, Derek, man, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having me. Uh, this, this has been, been this been great. It's been fun. Right. Been very fun. I appreciate it, Mike. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you next week for the next episode of Build Unique with Mike Does. <laughs>